0: All right, let's do it. Do what? I'm ready to do it. Make amends, change the vote. I don't want to be banished, okay?
1: Dude, you stink. What is that, fish? Did you try to gut one yourself? How did you not learn that by now? I mean, we've been here like three months. Welcome to Tessa Watches Lost, Monkey Off My Backlog's second weekly podcast where one of us reacts to a TV show that the other has forced us to watch. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is Tessa, the how-long-can-we-stretch-this-out to my season three of Lost.
0: Eh, that's not bad. I've been called worse.
1: Yeah, they belong together.
0: I- I've been called worse.
1: Yeah. Well, I called you Sawyer the other day.
0: I've been called worse than that, too. Not by me. All right.
1: (laughs) This week, we're talking about the season three episodes Left Behind, One of Us, Catch 22, and D.O.C. We'll start with a flashback again this week. What did you think about the Cassidy-Kate team-up?
0: Weird. And I don't think it's really necessary, actually. I mean, I don't know. I think that it's interesting that all of these people's lives were connected in these really tenuous, nebulous ways before they got all, all got on a plane in Australia together to return to the U.S. and then crash landed on this island. And so that's interesting, I guess. But I'm not really sure what it tells us about Cassidy or Sawyer or his daughter, I guess. And she says that she's pregnant by the end of it. I guess it does tell us something about Kate because she knows what it's like to be left behind, which is sort of the main theme of this episode and her interactions with Juliet. So I guess there it does give us that, the interactions with her mother. It gives us a little bit more of the cat and mouse game between her and the marshal. But otherwise, eh, this kind of feels just like more filler.
1: Does Kate's conversation with her mom change your perspective about Kate at all? Or about what she did?
0: No, not really.
1: This is what it's like to record Star Trek with no, me, isn't I, it?
0: I just honestly hadn't thought about it because... Her mom's excuses. well, I was in love with him. And yeah, maybe Kate. I mean, I guess it does change. It changes the fact that I wish that Kate hadn't taken this on herself and ruined her own life for someone who clearly did not want to be saved. I guess it changes it from that perspective. Like, basically, she is. she did the right thing, and now she's being punished for it.
1: Was it the right thing? Because her mom says it wasn't. Her mom makes the point that this was cold-blooded murder.
0: Well, yeah, but what was she supposed to do? Let this dude keep beating her mom?
1: Well, that's clearly what her mom thought she should have done. And being
0: creepy towards her? Like, who knows how abusive he was towards her? She hasn't talked about it, but there's a lot right. implied. So, for me, I don't I don't condone violence. I should just put that out there right now. But I... Don't see that what Kate did was wrong, especially if she had no other recourse for what she was, what she needed to do to get this guy out of her and her mom's life. I do think it's tragic when people try to save people who don't want to be saved. That's, I guess, that's how I feel about this. Is that that conversation made Kate an even more tragic figure?
1: This week's flashbacks, all four episodes, I think, are all about shifting our perspectives. Maybe that's. Something that the producers wanted to do ahead of how this season ends, which we are rapidly coming up toward. But the story of how Juliet met the island <laughs> is that
0: it's a real meat cute.
1: Yeah, it was. It and and Tessa, while we were watching this episode, I had to wonder: Is that sympathy you feel for Juliet?
0: So much sympathy. I. Hmm. Juliet is a fascinating character, and I legit want to know what happens with her. Like, I'm like, all right, come on, let's get through all the filler. I want to know whose side she chooses. I really feel like we're at a crossroads with Juliet because we get all this backstory about how she was lured to the island with the promise of doing life-changing work, even though there was a lot of warning signs beforehand that Dharma Initiative or whatever this company is called now – isn't exactly up and above board. I'm sorry. If anybody says they have to drug you to take you to your place of work, they're probably not a good company to work for. I'm just going to point that out. Just leave that out there. Maybe there should be a union. I don't know.
1: Not best practices. I seem to recall that Walt Disney had to drug all of his construction employees because otherwise nobody would go to a swamp in Florida. I think that's yeah, true. I yeah. heard that.
0: that. That is actually, is this actually about how Disney World was built?
1: I, I don't know.
0: Is this Island Disney World?
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add about the flashback for Juliet?
0: See, this actually told me more about Juliet. The scene especially where Ben shows her the screens, the the weird surveillance that they have of her sister and her son. And she's like crying and touching the screen. And this is a woman who has been Stockholm syndromed. Like she has been lured here. She's been gaslit. She's been manipulated. They said that they cured her sister, but that may not actually be true. Who even knows if she's had cancer to begin with? I feel like you could fake medical records. I mean, they faked a lot of other stuff. They killed her husband with a bus. I'm pretty sure faking medical records is well within their expertise. Anyway, I feel like she has been manipulated into staying here. We do get a really interesting and important tidbit about how the women on the island, if they get pregnant on the island, like the date of conception is very important where this the child was conceived. They will actually die from childbirth. And Claire, we're told Claire almost died and would have died if it hadn't been for Juliet and Ethan, even though she didn't conceive on the island. So that's why she was brought there. She has lost nine women over the course of the last three years, and that has obviously changed her as a person, as well as being imprisoned, as well as being manipulated by Ben. Her relationship with Ben, we get a little bit more of that. It's clearly, he's clearly a sociopath who does not care about her, and she has found herself in this position where, it's horror. It's psychological horror. It's like women, in the, woman in the attic style horror is what we're getting here. Even though she hasn't been physically hurt as far as we know, there's a lot of pain going on in her relationship with Ben and in her relationship on the island.
1: So did you buy it at any point through the first two episodes this week that Juliet was left behind? That Ben had betrayed her, abandoned her, And her good nature was finally going to show through and she was going to join our merry little band of outlaws. I mean, castaways.
0: I didn't buy it because I know how this show works. (laughs) This show has a very specific way of doing things. I'm starting to kind of get the hang of how this show works. So I didn't necessarily buy that there wasn't a catch with her coming with them. However, the show did do a good job of during that first episode Making me doubt myself when it came to her. like I kept thinking, oh, maybe they really did like just leave her, especially when she tells Kate, you know, oh, I just wanted you to like feel like we were in it together because I've been left behind by everybody, and you know what that's like or, or you, she doesn't say you know what it's like, but it's there, right? It's like between them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so so I did have doubts, even though I kind of knew that it couldn't be that easy.
1: Well, of course, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Juliet is still working for Ben. Or is she? Is this a double cross or the beginnings of a triple cross?
0: I think triple cross. I think eventually she's going to choose the Losties. I think we're being told that, especially because of some stuff that happens later on in the set of episodes. She feels trapped and she feels like Ben is the only possible person who can get her off the island. But the submarine is gone and communications have been cut off and i know that she f- is starting to feel like jack and the other losties are not good people but better people than ben and the others and so i have a feeling that once she realizes that ben is never going to let her go and in fact i don't even think has the power to let her go anymore i think she's going to throw in her lot with the losties who she's already becoming attached to
1: so what did you think of the reveal That Juliet has been keeping Claire alive. like From a certain point of view, of course, we find out the reason why Ethan kidnapped Claire, all the context behind that, the the injections that Claire was getting, it's all revealed. Well, a certain version of it's revealed. Who knows if that's the absolute truth or not, or if the absolute truth is even a thing in this show. How did that change things for you? How did that rewrite parts of the narrative?
0: I mean, it didn't very much beyond the reveal that the island heals and it also kills in terms of pregnant women. So taking that reveal, it actually does make sense because if the island heals, if it promotes health to the point that Locke and the others and Juliet says that it does, then it makes sense that pregnant women would die, actually, because their immune system is so boosted that it would register the fetus as a foreign entity and try to get rid of it. This happens all the time off island, right? This happens all the time in real life, not that this island exists. And so it would make sense that this would happen. And of course, we know that pregnancy always carries the risk of death and so this is like a heightened version of that so that all made sense to me and that was a really in- this that is a really interesting thread that i think will be it'll be good to explore that especially when it comes to sun later and claire i did think it's very funny that claire collapsed as soon as jack and juliet got back it's like holy narrative purposes batman
1: i think there's a really really long way from the island heals people to it promotes health i
0: yeah, I think maybe that's, that's a better way of saying it. Like, it makes people healthier. a nice
1: island. It just wants to help people.
0: Right. It, it's not... Yeah, I mean, it's a force of nature, it almost seems like, right? Regardless of what the island is, it's just a heightened force of nature, and it doesn't care about the people on it.
1: Well, this, this all comes back to your thinking about uh, the island is the main mystery of the show versus me thinking the Dharma Initiative is the big mystery of the show
0: surprise surprise most lukewarm take of all time the others are evil <laughs> I sometimes forget that because they're trying to humanize the others a little bit by giving us names to go with the fate like the faces and we get Juliet and we get all of these like well you know she's trying to help the women or whatever this is not actually how you would help a woman who is you know more about her body than she does you don't stab her with needles in the middle of the night, and then kidnap her and keep her drugged in order to save her and her baby. That's not actually helping someone.
1: Hold on. I'm going to write this down. Keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. It's really important. Here's what you do. Are you ready? Write this down.
1: Okay, I got it. Here, hold on.
0: (laughs) You approach the group of people who have crash landed on this island that you're on, Uh and you offer to help them.
1: Offer to help. Got it.
0: And you give the person who you want to stick with the needles all the information they need so they can consent to the needles.
1: Stick people with needles. Got it. No. Keep going.
0: No. Not without their consent. Consent. consent.
1: All right. Got it.
0: C-O-N-S-E-N-T.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Uh-huh. You got that? Yeah, I wrote that down. Okay. Huh?
0: Like every time I'm just like, you made the evil choice. And that, makes, that brings me back to this idea of why do they have a list? What are the qualities on the list? Because we were told that only good people get on the list. And that says something about the people who are still on the beach. However, despite all the bad things that the people have done on the beach, with the exception of Jack, we'll talk about that later. Is,
1: is the Dharma Initiative Santa?
0: They've never made these evil of choices. Like, every time. Yep. Every time. Yep. And the explanations are not satisfactory what little we've gotten. I'm done. That's it. That's all.
1: Okay. Well, you're not done. Because so we have have a range of emotions here from grudging acceptance to I will torture you.
0: (laughs) I love that scene between her and Sawyer and Saeed when she goes and gets the medicine from, which by the way, it's also revealed later that- Claire's only sick because they activated some kind of chip inside of her. So, evil. They're evil. Yep, don't get vaccines, people. Chips. Okay, we should probably stop and say everyone should get vaccines, despite what Lost is saying here in this moment. Yeah, this
1: is a real moment here. This is, this, there's a you, difference.
0: You, person, are not on an island that will kill you through right. pregnancy.
1: The, the, the So that, you can
0: get the vaccine.
1: Yeah, the stuff that I just wrote down. Yes. Right. Yes. If that doesn't apply to you. Right. Then then you need to we're get all that back here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. To, okay. Just wanted to just wanted to clear
0: that up. But okay. I love how when she runs to get the stuff from Ethan's old drop point, how she's followed by Sawyer and Saeed, which Saeed, we should talk about Sayid here in a second, his attitude in these episodes. But they they follow her up there, right? And there's some bread of torture, there's some posturing on Sawyer's part. It's weird to see these two team up. Doesn't happen very often. Enjoy it while you can. And then Juliet proves that she has bigger balls than either of them by basically being like, you're not going to do it. You're going to let me walk over and save Claire because you're not going to be able to live with yourselves if you don't let me do it. And by the way, I've seen worse stuff on this island, which I think is a really fun way of basically saying Ben is scarier than both of you. Yeah, It's a great scene. Well acted. Well done. I like Juliet, even if she does end up just double crossing him. She's a good villain, if that's true, or anti-hero if she triple crosses.
1: What else did you want to say about Saeed?
0: So this is interesting. Jack's been gone for a week. That's established, right? Like they say that a couple of times in these episodes. It's been a week. Jack became a leader in the chaos of the crash, right? He was the one to hold it together. He was a doctor. He knew what to do. His training kicked in. There are a couple of people in this group that could have filled that position if Jack had not been there. Saeed is one of them. Locke is another, except for I don't actually think he cares about it because he just wants to be the main character of his own thing. But Saeed was distracted. He was distracted by Shannon. He is no longer distracted by Shannon.
1: Not the first person on earth to be distracted by Shannon. I mean, the last, but definitely not the first.
0: Yes. He's no longer distracted by Shannon.
1: Well, actually, that's not He's not, not sad true. anymore.
0: He's not sad side. I guess
1: she distracted one other person and then got shot by it. Oh. So next to last person.
0: I'm just going to go right over that. So he <laughs> he's no longer sad. He's done a couple very successful side missions, especially with Kate. On the way back from the other's place, he has a, he's having a hard time with Jack calling the shots, especially when it comes to Juliet. He has very definite opinions about what information he wants to know from Juliet, which honestly valid. Very valid, and he is very threatening towards her. Even though he says he doesn't do the torture thing anymore, which wasn't the whole point of the scene from last season with Ben—that he does do the torture thing still.
1: But he doesn't do it now.
0: I see. Very inconsistent. We haven't gotten an explanation for how when we he got wears there. the
1: gray shirt.
0: Then he tortures people. Be- no, that's no, when he
1: doesn't believe. He in doesn't
0: torture. torture. I see. Okay. All right. It's only on Wednesdays and Fridays right. that he does torture. Okay, And every
1: second Sunday. Yeah, okay. Which is difficult to keep up with because Desert Island. They're
0: on an island. Yeah, right. it's very hard to know what day right, it is. Right, right. I, I get it. I get it. Sure. But yeah, he's he's definitely pushing some boundaries with Jack. He's definitely giving him some attitude. Definitely kind of acting a little bit more like the leader. Definitely going out on his own, especially with Sawyer after Juliet there. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I think Saeed is getting a little disgruntled with the way that Jack is handling things. I think Kate could have also been a leader too.
1: So before we move on to talk about Desmond and the other two episodes, two more important developments. Locke is gone.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen him. I didn't see him at all, these four episodes. Not at all.
1: He left with Ben. Yeah. Allegedly. How does that make you feel?
0: Honestly, a little relieved. I mean, I do want to know what happens with him, but I needed a break. Me and Locke are on a break. <laughs> I needed a little bit of space from his uh, from his bullshit.
1: Well, the break's about to be over, so like I'm glad you enjoyed okay. it. I'm yeah, I need good. a
0: refresher. I needed right. I need a little time with people I like a little bit better.
1: <laughs> Speaking of people that you like a little bit better than Locke, let's talk about how Hurley Con Sawyer, Hurley cons Sawyer. Let's let's bask in that sentence for a second. Hurley Con Sawyer into thinking that he is about to be banished and has to go on a charm offensive to win hearts and minds.
0: Okay, actually, I take it all back. You know who actually is the leader of this camp? It's Hurley. Hurley. Yeah, because even though he's not running around like Jack or Saeed or or even Sawyer, who he says, he tells Sawyer at the end of the episode, you are the leader of this camp. Everybody is looking at you. You're the only one we have. You need to act like a leader.
1: You bring back a morally a- questionable character to the beach and are arguing with people about whether or not she should be accepted. Somebody needs to make sure she's, being, she's minding her own business, not doing anything fishy, and isn't emotionally destroyed by what's happening. Who do you send?
0: It's Hurley. It's Hurley. Yeah, and he's really honest about it. I think Hurley's actually the leader. I've already said he's like the heart of the group, mm-hmm. right? But I, after watching what he does with Sawyer, where he, yeah, like you said, he cons, he cons Sawyer, a con man, and Sawyer isn't even mad about it.
1: But do you notice he also he tells Sawyer the reason for this happening? Jack's gone, Locke's gone, Kate's gone, said has gone tells him, and this goes back to the Nikki and Paolo episode, did you not notice that you're in charge when all of those other people are gone?
0: Yep. Yep. So I actually think that it's Hurley. I think that he doesn't want to be the person shouting orders and running around all the time, but I think that when he thinks that something needs to be done, he's going to do it. And he needed Sawyer to step up. Yeah, I loved it. Every part of it. It was great. I believed him, too. Hurley sold that lie. He really did. And I loved Sawyer trying to make nice with Claire and the baby. And like, I loved Sawyer trying to make nice with Claire and the baby. That was great. He's
1: less wrinkly than he was.
0: He is less wrinkly than he was. I totally get it. Going hunting with Desmond. They actually managed to make boar roasted on the beach with what I am sure is no salt look appealing. Just chunks of boar and pineapple.
1: Maybe they found a salt lake somewhere in the island.
0: Maybe they've been well, I mean, you can get salt from the seawater. There's like a way you sea can salt. do it. But
1: let's be honest, they're still salt. they're
0: still putting water yeah. in a trough. I don't think right. they're I don't think they're to that level yet. But the but the boar and the pineapple pair well together, they've clearly got somebody there who knows what they're doing. Right. And it's not Paolo, he's dead.
1: It's not Paolo. Now, here's the thing, of course, um with with Sawyer being the next man up, you know. One might say, what about Desmond? Well-
0: No, not Desmond. No, not Desmond. Nobody wants Desmond to be in charge. I love him. Nobody wants him to be in charge.
1: Speaking of Desmond, we have a Desmond episode. This time, we go way farther back than we've gone before. Desmond is an initiate in a monastery because it turns (laughs) out he was called. And when he was called- he abandons his fiance, he joins a monastery, he gets punched out by his would-be brother-in-law, talks to his ex-fiance, gets drunk, gets fired, fired. Not, I mean, you can't really, something between being excommunicated and being fired from a job. It's It's like somewhere in between there and there's clearly no word for it. Anyway, after he gets fired, turns out he meets Penny. This is the story of how he met Penny. Another meet cute. Meet cute week. Lost.
0: have I ever told you the story of how I met Penny? Yep. That's really what this is. I have three things about this flashback. Oh, sorry.
1: Brother Campbell doesn't disagree with Desmond when he says he was called, but he tells him that the monastery is not where he was called to. Do you believe in predestination, Tessa?
0: Do you believe in fate? Do you believe in love?
1: So what did you think about this?
0: I have four things. Uh, I have four things.
1: I could swear you had three things a minute ago.
0: I have four things. Let's see if I remember all of them. That's going to be the real trick. All right, let's
1: go. One.
0: Number one, I like that this is basically telling us that Desmond's destiny is to meet Penny. Like All the things that he goes through, like like that is his, his calling, his divine calling is to be with Penny.
1: To quote George McFly, you are my density. (laughs) Number two?
0: Yeah, so number two. This also establishes that Desmond... Desmond's cowardice, which we're supposed to be told is his negative character trait, is that he is a coward. He is afraid, right? He's afraid of commitment. He's afraid of Penny's father. He's afraid of not being good enough. All of those things. It tells us that that is a long-running issue, right? He has sabotaged relationships, even long-term relationships. Six years. Over this. Yeah, six years. That's a long time to be with someone. He sabotages his ability to be a monk, too. I mean, I don't think it was hard, but he did do that. He had to know that drinking that wine wasn't gonna make him any friends. I bet that
1: was really good wine, too. It did
0: look really good.
1: If uh if um what's his name? Charles was buying yeah, up all that wine. All that yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They only
0: make like 109 bottles a year or whatever. Cases. 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 I'm sorry. They only make 109 cases a year. Yeah. So that's number two. All right. Three. Number three, I noticed something that you didn't notice, and that makes me super happy.
1: She's talking about Brother Campbell earlier in life with the woman from Desmond's previous flashback. I wrote her name in the notes and then took it out because it's a spoiler. I cannot tell you her name, so we'll just call her the woman in the photograph who we've seen before.
0: Right, yeah. So she was the lady in the last flashback with Desmond. She's the one in the shop, and then she sort of acts. I don't know if it's really the lady, That character or if it was the island using her form to like communicate with him or whatever. The point is, I don't know if it was actually her in the flashback or if it was just like.
1: These are really fun mysteries. Yeah. That that maybe they will deign to to tell us or maybe they won't.
0: Right. But I made you rewind because it shows us the picture on his desk and it's of. The head monk and this lady, and they even kind of zoom in a little bit. It's in the left hand corner. So you wouldn't notice it if you weren't looking, but I always look at stuff on people's desks when they show it to me. So I saw it and I was like, it's her. It's her.
1: It's her. It's her. Indeed. Number
0: four. Number four. Number four. Do you still remember it? Yes, I do remember number four. And this is a good one. This is funny. Okay. So when Desmond is explaining to his ex fiance about how he was getting cold feet before the wedding and he got really drunk and he passed out and then he opened his eyes and there was a monk over him, like helping him up. And it was like, you know, are you all right, brother? Or something like that. And he felt the call. All I could think about is that episode of Futurama where Bender gets hooked on electricity, which is supposed to be the metaphor for drugs. And then gets converted to the church of the robot Lord yeah. With the priest who's like helps him out out of the gutter, and he's like, "Do I preach at you when you're lying drunk in the gutter?"
1: No. I have in my notes here. but the, the whole way. time,
0: whole time I was watching, it. Right. it was like Desmond is Bender in this moment.
1: So I have in my notes, Brother Hawking with the woman from Desmond's time slip. But clearly, you clearly were going to take a victory lap on that, and that's fine. All right, so let's talk instead of about the photograph. Let's talk about Look at
0: the- this photograph.
1: There you go. All right. So let's talk about the catch 22 instead. Now, we're supposed to think that the catch 22 refers to Desmond choosing the death of Charlie or the pilot. I think that's shenanigans because it's not a catch 20. It, this is not a Kobayashi Maru, right? This is like he made the correct choice. He saved both of them. It's not supposed to be a it's not a catch twenty two if you could just easily make a choice that solves it. I don't think that's it. Let me tell you what I think it is. Let me tell you what I think it is. The catch twenty two is the call. That's the reference. It's a reference back to him feeling like he was called. So the catch twenty two is when you're called to the Lord, you go to the Lord, which traditionally is to a monastery, a house of worship something of that nature. The catch-22 is his call to serve whatever higher force requires him to not do that.
0: Okay. So he can either observe the
1: call and not do what he's supposed to do that he was called for, or he can not observe the call and then do what he was supposed to do. If he was indeed, or maybe he wasn't supposed to do anything in the first place, and maybe none of it means anything, which is kind of the point of that novel.
0: I was going to ask you if you've actually read the novel Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, because the whole point of that is the the actual Catch Twenty Two is is that if you're trying to get out of flying by claiming that you're crazy, you could try to get out of flying by claiming that you're crazy. That's the only way that you can get out of flying. But the only people who would ever go up in a plane must be crazy. Right. So.
1: Yeah, and so either the way, you got to go. Did did. Desmond have a religious experience.
0: Right, so that's what I'm trying to say is that it actually fits really well, much more, it fits more closely with the original novel's definition of what that means than it does the colloquial way that it's usually used now. So yeah, actually I hadn't thought about that, but you are absolutely right.
1: Yes, Naomi is just a red herring. She's carrying the book, but it's not really about her.
0: Communism was a red herring and there's even a Russian in this episode.
1: (laughs) Today is the day you're just... In, I, I All must of have, the meta-references. I must have written some really good notes today because you are anticipating everything I'm going to ask you about today. You're doing a great job today.
0: Like Desmond, I'm clairvoyant, but only some of the time.
1: But we're not there yet because before we get there, we have to talk about camping. <laughs> and camping, right? We're going to go camping. We're going to go camping with with Desmond and Charlie Hurley but there have to be four of them so we're gonna ask Jin to go too and what does that make Jin?
0: Part of it?
1: Part of it! He's
0: part of it. He wants to be part of it so bad too like out of all of them he's the one who's like the most gung-ho about camping. Like he's ready. They're like camping and he's like yes.
1: All right, and we're gonna come back to that but you cannot ignore a good transition when you see it. So speaking of being a part of it He's only part of Sun's father's criminal enterprise because of Sun.
0: Yeah. Shocker.
1: You have significant issues historically with the Jin Sun flashbacks. How does this one make you feel?
0: This one actually I liked a lot better than the ones that we had seen previously. And the reason for that is... The idea that they're both culpable in this, because I've told you this before, especially during the first season of Lost, I felt like their relationship was portrayed in a way that was very stereotypical, not overtly racist, but just very like, oh, this is just the dynamic between Asian men and their wives, right? Like Mm -hmm. the Asian man is very controlling and domineering. And, you know, the wife is like learning English and trying to escape. And like, you know, that's that's a very like stereotypical portrayal of marriages. Um, Sure. In Western culture of Asian relationships. This episode turns a lot of that on its head. And to be fair, I feel like they've been working towards that for a while on the show. I don't know if someone gave them notes and somehow this was the one that they actually was got right. They didn't get the Paolo and Nikki thing right. And I, they didn't get the pod thing right. But maybe they're getting this one right? I
1: don't know. It's really difficult. Like, did they know... When you start drawing these things up at the beginning, it's like, okay, so for example, so Jack has a terrible dad. He has a savior complex. He has a failed marriage. Seems like they kind of had all that planned out. I don't think they really planned, okay, we're going to hire an actor who's got some really elaborate tattoos on an arm, and then we're going to write the thing with Thailand and like, no, whatever. They drew. They drew that out of thin air.
0: No, that is not where I was gonna say they drew that from. (laughs) Well, right.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have to bleep it out by if I say thin air. Right. You know, I might even give them credit for um, Sawyer and Kate's backstories up to the places where they cross. Same thing with Locke. So I'm willing to give them credit for having planned this from the beginning, because when they start talking out of their you know where (laughs) you can tell Yeah, that this feels much better.
0: Jin is responsible for his own choices. I don't want to like say that he was forced to do anything. He found, I don't want to say he was forced to do anything. Obviously any blood that is on his hands is on his hands. He didn't have to treat son in such a emotionally abusive way at parts of their relationship. However, he was in that situation because she effectively trapped him there. She knew, too. Like, the thing that we've been thinking this entire series is that somehow she knew, or she didn't know what her father was, or she didn't want to know, or she was, like, the perfect little trophy daughter that he kept at arm's length and wasn't allowed to know. No. She knew exactly who her father was. She even says that to him. And he tells her, if you take this money Jin, like he's gonna be part of the business, which again, her father is responsible for that. But she knew what she was doing when she took that money. Yep. Would it have been actually worse for Jin to learn that his mother was a prostitute? I don't know. Like,
1: what, what, what would it have you, been?
0: Would it have been worse for him to learn that?
1: What did you think about? We met both. Of Jin's parents in this episode. Right. What did you think?
0: Well, his mom's obviously a terrible person who abandoned him and does not care about him. And she even says that. But
1: not because she was a prostitute. No, no,
0: no. She's a terrible no, person. No, she's just a terrible person. she's a person. terrible person. Right, right, right. But the whole like blackmail of it comes from the fact that she was right. a prostitute. I have the utmost respect for sex workers. That is not what I'm talking about. But
1: this is an issue about reputation. Right. And the fact that she knows how to monetize you know, it's, it's kind of like making the best out of a bad situation. Right. I shouldn't be seen this way, but I am. And since I am, that makes my life difficult. Right. Except for I can make money today. Right. By extorting you.
0: By extorting him. And right. I don't actually even know if she was a prostitute. Like, she says that, but all Jin's father said is that she was with a lot of men. Right. So she could just be... I don't know. I don't know exactly what the situation is. But the point is, it is about reputation. And my my question is, and I think his father told him that she was dead. And he says it's because I I raised him on my own. He's my son. I He, he says he doesn't even know if he is his biological son. But he's like, he's my son. I raised him on his own. Like, I never wanted him to get hurt by anything. And my question is, would it have hurt less for him to find all that out? Or to be forced to do the things that he does for son's father. Like, she makes that decision for him. And she says it's to protect right. him. But the real question is if she actually knows about her father and who he is and what he does, like, does she have the right to make that decision?
1: I don't know, but what I do know is that this this episode is a great example of, you know, Jin's dad had the philosophy that someone is responsible for bringing this child in the world, right? And so, you know, the actions that he takes are based on that feeling of responsibility. Son's dad feels like bringing somebody in the world makes that person responsible to him, which is something, you know, you and I have discussed, a lot of people have discussed, is, you know, who's who's responsible for whom? In this kind of familial relationship, and we have the the two opposite sides of the spectrum in this episode.
0: Yeah, and I I will say that I felt really sorry for Jin's dad because yeah. he talks a lot about how much he loves Jin and how much he loves Sun by extension. Even like yeah. he only meets her the once and it's secretly, but he says you know you have you know you have to respect his wishes in this. He like, clearly
1: did not deserve this.
0: Right, he didn't deserve to be shut out this way by anybody, but he also. He so unconditionally loves Jin that he's willing to accept being estranged from him in order to protect him, which is the opposite of Sun's father. However, Sun's actions in this come across to me as really entitled in terms of, like, this is what I want my life to be like, and this is what I want Jin's life to be like, and so I'm going to do whatever I have to do, even if it puts Jin in jeopardy, basically. Right. That's That's what I was thinking. We also find out she's been lying. Yep. I mean, we already knew that, but.
1: Yep. You know, uh, how,
0: you know how I said there was no, maybe there was no full on baby making sex? Turns out there was full on baby ah, making sex.
1: You were right. So meanwhile, back on the island, yeah. Sun discovers more about Juliet and immediately confronts her. This gets us to the reveal that you're talking about, where Juliet says, I can help you. Especially if it turns out that you weren't, you didn't become pregnant on the island, which of course gives Sun, you know, this inner turmoil because if she was impregnated on the island, it was Jin, but she's going to die. But if she was impregnated back home before she left, it was not by Jin. So, but she
0: gets to live right, in that case. Right. Like Good Claire. news. I guess. Yeah, what do you choose in that situation? Like, what do you hope for?
1: Turns out the island can cure infertility.
0: By a but lot. But it will kill you. By a lot, apparently. What does she say? It's like five times yeah. the usual amount of sperm? Like, how are not? How are the women not all pregnant in it's, this camp? You like, know they're all banging.
1: Good news, everybody. All of those
0: background people, they're totally banging. You can totally get pregnant banging.
1: now. Bad news, you're going to die from it. Yeah. So... Yeah.
0: Um, I love Kim's acting in this. Despite my feelings about the character becoming more complicated in this episode, she manages to convey a lot of complexity and a lot of emotional turmoil in this episode. And yeah, like, what do you hope for? That scene where she and Juliet are in the ultrasound room and like the tense, like, feeling of like being happy to see like the baby on the machine, but then also like, trying to figure out how old the baby is and if she's going to – is she going to live? Is she going to die? Who's the ch- child's father? The way she says, you know, I made a mistake. It was one time. And Juliet says we've all made mistakes. Like, Juliet's very empathetic towards her. And I actually think she cares about Son. Like, I think ultimately this is why Juliet will stay with the Losties. is because okay. she's forming these relationships with people like Son. And she's remembering what it's be like to be an OBGYN and not right. a researcher.
1: And this is and and this is the end of this episode when yeah. when Juliet mutters under her breath, "I hate you, Ben." We Did also she get a- that.
0: Did she actually record that? Like, I was trying to figure that out because oh. she she's leaving a message would it make for a Ben. Difference?
1: Would it make a difference? I'm pretty sure he knows.
0: I'm pretty sure he knows, but it, I think it would make a difference to her
1: to have oh, okay, said it out sure. loud
0: and to know that he heard it. I think it would mean the beginning of an actual rebellion. Gotcha. I think I think that's kind of what that is supposed to imply. Oh. Either way. Oh, so you know how I said earlier that the others keep making evil choices by taking people's bodily autonomy away from them and not just by kidnapping them, but by you know doing all of these things? I'm going to put Jack in that category in this episode. Jack gets another strike against his character because he, at the beginning of the episode, comes to talk to Sun. And what does he do? Not tell her what Juliet told him. I didn't
1: even have Jack in my notes this week. I was just going to take a break.
0: Yeah. You're like, nope, we're doing it. No, Jack has fallen so much in my estimation this season because he tries to ask her about her symptoms without actually giving her all the information she needs. I said this during the episode. I know that this is not something we were talking about on TV in the the, the aughts when the show came out. The aughts. We're still not really talking about it in TV now. But there is this trope in television where it's like, if you're pregnant, you got to see it through to the end. And we know that that is not the case. And we also know that Sun knows enough about herbs and like the medicinal properties of herbs that she probably could perform an abortion if she needed to. Right.
1: We're, not doing, we're, not, we're not, even, not doing that. We're not
0: even having that conversation in this episode. But if Jack was really a upstanding moral doctor, he should have told her. Juliet, who is an OBGYN, as soon as she found out Sun was pregnant, which we, she didn't know, and we're con- it's confirmed that she didn't know that because she tells Ben over the tape later, mm-hmm. she immediately tells Sun. Right. what ha- what's going to happen because she feels that moral obligation mm-hmm. to let her patient know all of the things, all the things about her body that she needs to know. Jack wants to keep that away from her. Okay. And that is so infuriating.
1: Okay, so we're going to pivot to Naomi in a minute and the big reveal. But since you brought this up now, it's really important to bring up right now as we're coming to the close of the season and what's going to happen. The first episode of the show. Jack is established as our point of view character. The show has gone to great lengths to complicate that both through the development of his character but we repeatedly see different characters emulating that first shot, which complicates the idea that he's our character. We saw Kate in the first of these episodes today have that shot where she wakes up and is seeing the, you know, the island from the ground up. So at this point in the show, who is our POV character? Who are we seeing this from? Hurley, is it Hurley? <laughs>
0: That's who I want to see it from. I would give a lot to see the world through Hurley's eyes. I don't know. I this show has truly become ensemble in a way that it wasn't. I think at the beginning, it's really trying to balance all of these perspectives as much as possible, and right. sometimes it gets it wrong in its balance. But a lot of times, it's been getting it right.
1: So this is something we're going to come back to, um, in in a couple of episodes. But meanwhile, again, Desmond. Hurley, Charlie, and Jen, who was part of it, are trying to figure out how to keep Naomi from dying. This this helicopter pilot who crash landed, and of course we're not even going to touch it this week. We're going to save it for next week, but if you have a helicopter, what do you also have to have? And so that's something to explore for next week, but Naomi is dying, and while they're trying to figure out how to keep her alive, who shows up to help them but the very not dead, Mikhail. Welcome back, Mikhail.
0: Do you remember when he stumbles on the scene and I was like, but how? But why? <laughs> That's my reaction to Mikhail still being alive. So,
1: so, well, I mean, the island is very powerful. I mean, yeah,
0: but was he dead and the island brought him back to life or was he almost dead in the, highland, uh, Nobody, in the island? Nobody, we
1: never saw him die in Yeah, we what did. Th- we saw him pass out. Did you hold up a mirror and watch him not breathe? They Did were you code? Like, I you? think
0: Kate actually said the words he's dead.
1: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Who said that about Nikki and Paolo a couple episodes ago? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, like I trust Charlie and Hurley and Sawyer to know when someone's dead.
1: Well, I don't trust Kate. <laughs> She's not a doctor.
0: Well, I don't trust the doctors on this island all either. All right,
1: fine. We're gonna have plenty more to say about Naomi because. She's saved. That's great.
0: And Mikhail says she'll be good in like a day and a half.
1: Right, 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 right. So I'm sure that's something we're going to talk about more next week. So That just leaves us with the one thing Naomi does say in this episode. You're from Flight 815? Oh, no, they found that plane. They're all dead. You got that? Spoiler alert. If you do not know how the show ends... We'll see you next week. Stop this right now.
0: Yeah, go away.
1: See you next week. Come back. The end of the show. The big deal. At the, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, Tessa, but for everybody out there, I'm looking at you, people who like the ending of this show. The ending of the show. The big shocker. They were dead the entire time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. you hmm He played that card. Played it in season three. Shenanigans. 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 I hate this.
0: I, for those of you who are like screaming, thinking that Sam has spoiled something for me, I knew about the end of the show long before I even considered watching it because I remember when the last episode came out and the big to-do that happened around the release of that last episode. So I wasn't invested in the show at all. And I didn't know how we got from A to B. I didn't even know what A was to begin with. But I did know that the ending is that everyone had died. But I didn't know anything going up to it. I still don't know anything beyond what we've seen so far getting up to that point. So, because I didn't know any of the characters even. I didn't know anything about this. What I was, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this reveal now. I thought this was like an end of the show. Turns out they were dead the whole time. Kind of reveal. Right. Which, by the way, uh, I don't know if anyone from my gothic lit class at JBU is listening to this right now, but what if everyone in Wuthering Heights was dead? I'm just going to leave that there. Mm -hmm. So this was shocking to me because I wasn't expecting it in season three. I wasn't
1: expecting it when they said it when I was watching season three for the first time.
0: I'm really curious to know if they backtrack on this and then double down on it or if this is something that we're will just be kind of a through line until the end of the show like is is the plane is the whole thing a fake out is she like one of the others like i'm i'm very curious to know how right. they're going to deal with this because it's a good twist. It is a good twist. The question is was it a good twist now or was it a good twist at the end of the show? Only me watching the rest of the show will be able to tell.
1: Right. And so We've talked about this before, you and I, but I basically have with with books, TVs, movies. There's there's Eternal Sunshine happening up in my brain. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to remember. Nick Hornby's written about this because he has it too. It might have been in Housekeeping versus the Dirt where he writes about this, um, but. I don't remember things after the first time I experienced them. It's gone pretty quickly. And I know what you're thinking. I get to experience things for the first time more than once. Isn't it cool? It's actually really annoying to not be able to remember things. But it is nice experiencing this again and, and, and having these things. But the point is, as I've been watching these episodes, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. I'm going to like this, aren't I? I'm going to come out of the second viewing enjoying the end, appreciating it, and I'm going to have to eat everything I've said about this finale. Well, guess what? I'm not. I'd forgotten that this happened. And my whole point is, here's what made me mad at the end of the show. You already played that card once. You can't say they were all dead and then say they were all dead again and have that be a reveal. Come up with a better ending. You're full of. Shit. That's not what you thought at the end beginning of the show when you started. You didn't know what it was. You half your way through the entire show. You came up with this ending, and I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You I, ruined TV. I love that for you're, me.
0: I love that you're saying I'll all never this. love again. I love that you're saying all of this, but you're like, we should watch this show. We should watch it all now. Yeah. You love and hate this show, don't you? I
1: do. A lot. And this is why.
0: I I have to say, I really actually kind of hope that you end up loving the ending because then you'll know (laughs) what I felt like when I hated the end of How I Met Your Mother. And then you were like, no, it's actually good and here's why. And then I watched the whole show from start to finish again and then was like, yeah, actually that ending is really good. So I hope you get to feel that.
1: Mm. Okay. To be clear though, by the way, we do not defend the final season of How I Met Your Mother. We don't. No,
0: the final season isn't good, but the ending is good. They could have
1: done that gimmick in like 12-13 apps.
0: So here's the thing. Okay, the ending itself is fine. This is this is my short, quick explanation for why the ending is actually good from How I Met Your Mother. This is now. Tessa watches How I Met Your Mother. No, I'm kidding. I've seen it so many times. The lost sound. Boom. So, so here's the thing. That ending actually makes sense, and it is seeded into the very first episode of the show. They knew the entire time that Ted was going to end up with Robin. Spoiler for people who Brian. don't know anything about how I met your mother. Somehow, they knew that the entire time. Here's why people think the ending is bad. The last because season.
1: Wrong. Go on. I'm sorry.
0: The last season is bad, and that's why. Yeah. And it sets. It doesn't set up the ending the way that it should be set up because what ends up happening is that they keep teasing Robin and Barney for so long in the last two seasons of the show. And then when we finally get to the last season and they do the thing where they slow down and they make it all the whole season about one weekend, which, by the way, is stretched real thin. They they were running out of things to say at the end of that show as well. That All that does is make us root for Robin and Barney. All it does is really cement that relationship and how they're, they're maybe supposed to be together and how we're sort of rooting for them and we're rooting for Ted and the mother because we're getting to the point where the mother is introduced and she's really likable and we all love her. And that's why it doesn't set up the ending of that show the way that it should They should have maybe introduced the mother the season before, had us have their beautiful love story over the last season, and then maybe centered Robin at the end of it. But they didn't do that. They decided to go a different path. And that's why it feels so jarring to spend a whole season on Robin and Barney's relationship and then in one episode go, JK, they're divorced, and now Ted and Robin are going to get together.
1: And it's actually really appropriate to be talking about this show as we finish out this episode about Lost because uh, the creators of How I Met Your Mother knew from the very beginning that this is a story about Ted and Robin. They knew when they were going to possibly be canceled at the end of the first season. They were just going to cut bait and make Victoria the Mother. Like They weren't going to play out their long game. They had a long game, but they knew how to cut it short. They had a plan. They all but abandoned the plan in season nine and then got to it at the very end. This is like the inverse of what happens in Lost. They started with no plan. yeah, And then decided that they had a plan toward the end and it was a bad plan with a good last season.
0: So what you're saying is is that Lost had good execution but bad planning and... How I Met Your Mother had good planning, but poor execution.
1: Yes. And and the funnier thing about that is is the longer how I met your mother goes on, the execution becomes worse. But here, once we hit the end of this season, the execution will become significantly better.
0: Yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward so, to it. I want to know yeah. what happens now. I mean, I always did, but like this 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 twist happening unexpectedly for me, like, yeah, I'm I'm in. I want to know.
1: All right. Well, that's it for today, so join us next week for more Tessa Watches Lost. Small programming note, we're giving the finale its own episode, so we'll only be talking about the three episodes leading up to the finale next time. You can find me on Twitter, at Sam underscore Morris 9, and you can find Tessa at Suela Tessa. Until next time, welcome to the wonderful world of not knowing what the hell's going on.